Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Hey, uh, Mr. Andy, how's your weekend? Uh, not too shabby, Patrick. Did you talk to anybody about Figma over the weekend? Um, yeah, in a way. Yeah. In a way? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just to, just to wrap up, this is, this is part two, part two of uh, the Figma Figma conversation we were having from last week. Yeah, and for those who didn't listen to that episode, um, you should. You should stop everything now and go back and listen to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to give a slight recap of that, we talked about the tool. Like, the the whole thing was just Figma. So we talked mm-hmm. about its its benefits and potentially um, its downfalls. Um, and we ended up that episode and saying, maybe we should talk to some people to see how it works for them, right? Yeah, because we're not necessarily users. Neither of us have, we've dabbled We've dabbled in the Figma. That's right. But we're not like uh, day-to-day users of Figma. So mm-hmm. we thought we should talk to some day-to-day users of Figma. Did you? So how many people did you talk to? Who did you talk to? What was going on? Um, well, interesting enough, like um, our product hype slack was blowing up already about Figma. Mm. So people were already talking about it a lot, about why they loved it. Um, and, and I reached out. I wanted to hear about a little bit more about the collaboration piece of Figma because that's kind of its big thing. So I wanted to see like, how is that working for your teams, especially like those larger teams? How does that work for yeah. you? Because the question we left with when we were talking about it was, would would you, should you, could you switch over to mm-hmm. use Figma? Like what, what would be the, the big value you would get out of it if you did that? Yep. Yeah, so I thought that was my question. I just kind of read that out and I had a couple of responses, which I'm grateful for. Um, the first one is from, we'll just dive right into these. Um, from and I'm gonna butcher these last names. Both of these are um, Sean Curacy from Lucid. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry about that, Sean. But um, he had a, he had a great comment on how it's working for his team in terms of collaboration. And my understanding, there were there Lucid. They have 12 designers over there, so a, a fairly big team. Um, said he and his team have more visibility, um, commenting and feedback on work in progress projects. Um, their devs are inspecting and PMs. Um, are exporting mocks and, and, and adding them to their presentations. So they're they're using the collaboration features. So, so it's not just something that's not being used. Um, he said he's also experiencing a lot more designer collaboration in Figma. They have a, a stronger, easier to maintain design system and less versioning issues. So it's mm. um, definitely helping them together as a team, as a design team. Um, and those, those sound like collaboration features above and beyond the uh, multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so sounds like it's definitely working for them over at Lucid. So that's that's great. And it's making collaboration a lot easier for them. Um, I had the same pretty similar feedback from Dave. Again, I'm gonna mention I'm gonna mess up his bet last name. Napolwaki. <laughs> Nappy <Walkie. laughs> <laughs> I believe he's over at Overstock. Um, so he said um, that is definitely helping his team out um, within small teams. So like the designer, PM and devs, like those squads like we have at Canopy, as well as across the board, UX teams and um, you know just larger um, teams across their company. Um, the component libraries um, have higher adoption and use than they were with Sketch libraries. So their developers are actually using it more than they than they were back with Sketch, they were the Sketch which is pretty interesting. Mm. Um, and basically um, saying that it's a lot easier to make those those components in Figma. It's really simple. It's pretty similar to Sketch. Um, 
and the collaboration is is really key saying a lot of people um, within a single file at the same time he, that actually is happening the multiplayer thing with him mm. and um devs pms and multiple designers are actively working or referencing and you can't stress how great that is to actually do that multiplayer part so he's saying there's there's a lot of collaboration going on and i'm sharing so the collaboration is a big piece to the figma and why it's benefited them apparently so that's great nice thank you andy podgy <laughs> we had we had to be fair that's true <laughs> I deserve it. I totally deserve no. it. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I talked to just a handful of people. Um, just text them, Slack them. Um, the, the kind of I just pulled pull out some stuff that they brought up. So, um, and these were all users that had used Sketch. Some hadn't used Abstract or like Zeppelin or anything with Sketch. Okay. So it was, they were just Sketch users that went to Figma. And then they, and then there's some of them were a couple of them were sketch users that that uh, had used sketch and abstract as well, like that combination. Um, so come, one of the themes was that the, they felt uh, as Figma users they felt that the symbols were better in sketch, at least organized organizationally, but that editing and the overrides in sketch were worse. Oh really? Like the override, like being able to override and edit mm-hmm. inside of the design was a lot easier than like in the side panel kind of stuff, like putting in text. Okay. Which which I get because I constantly, even when I do symbols, I constantly double click to change the text mm-hmm. <laughs> in Sketch, and then it pulls up the little like, like, do you want to delink, unlink this from the symbol? I'm like, yeah. no, idiot! I don't want to link it, unlink it from the symbol. Um. So yeah, like th- that was one interesting thing I thought was kind of unique they all loved the prototyping in figma to the point of like they don't use any other prototyping tool really yeah so and uh um oh and on on linkedin somebody posted over the weekend too it was uh mark hemian posted big name drop uh he posted that uh with figma prototyping envision can go away yeah yeah, I and I think that. Envision can go away with other prototyping software, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like it, it seems sounds like the latest version, the latest version of Figma prototyping, at least from an outsider's perspective, that hasn't been in there for a year and a half. Sounds like it's way better. People were really excited about it. Like it does a lot cooler stuff. Um, you know, it doesn't do hover states. Everybody's like, it doesn't do hover states, but like, do you really need hover states anymore? Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the collaboration tool on top of the pro- prototyping tool, the collaboration features that you were talking about, some of the people brought up that like it's more than the multiplayer thing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more collaboration tools um, built around that, around the whole entire collaboration platform that just make the prototyping way easier. Yeah, and I'm hearing like the adoption without even like you yeah. know designers having to prod people to use it. They're just using it. Yeah. Um. So that's that's really great to hear that people are like getting into like talking about the design and giving feedback just right there. So like it's an easier, yeah, it's easier for outsiders to yeah, jump in. A lot less friction there. So I think that's really great. Um, a couple of them said, I'd say about half of them said that they preferred the power of the sketch design tools better. Okay. Versus the pig for the Figma, Pigma, the Figma tools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like there's like Figma's still missing some little things. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, the people that I talked to, uh, they didn't. They didn't really use the multiplayer stuff at all. 
you know, the, the being one, the, the Google Doc type scenario. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, everybody really loved that they only had to worry about one tool, which I can get. Like, that's pretty awesome. I, I still think as a designer, though, you've got a lot of tools you're kind of dealing with anyway. So, like, you're combining three into one. Mm-hmm. But you hopefully, like, like, like with Figma, there's no, like, you know, user testing tool inside there yet or anything. So there's still the bookends. Yeah. The research and testing side. Still very much design and collaboration. But. I, I did see some rumors that Maze <clears throat> would be um, be able to take Figma URLs. Yeah, soon. So Hopefully that's pretty soon, great. Yeah. So it's it, it sounds like a lot of that, like you can do a lot of stuff with Figma, it sounds like. like it's yeah. almost a one-stop shop for a lot of items. Yeah, well, I mean, really, like that's why we went with Abstract, too, is to solve... Mm-hmm. That collaboration and and file versioning and all that stuff, piece, yeah. right? Because Sketch didn't have that, so we combined, you know, a, a billion tools into <laughs> two <point>. at least. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Figma has put that together into one. Um, yeah, people really love, like you said, people really loving all the collaborate collaborative features way better than anything else. Uh, they said the developer handoffs was was nice, a um, l- little bit easier compared to like just hand like than what abstract does or even what zeppelin or any other services do mm-hmm. um and then the last one yeah the symbols one that was the one that came up with how nice it was to edit symbols in figma oh the other the other part was um there was uh, a couple people mentioned that they they were they they still didn't like the fact that they as a designer like and this is this is maybe a weird problem but as a designer, like they felt like they became a facilitator more than a designer in some cases. Okay. With everybody in there collaborating yeah. all the time, <laughs> they felt like they were, they were, you know, kind of dogfighting a little bit, like still. But I, I don't know if any collaboration tool, every collaboration tool would cause that problem for yeah. you, right? Once you open the floodgates to like letting anybody look closely and comment on your designs a lot easier. You're going to get a lot more, <laughs> yeah, a lot more feedback anyway that you're going to have to parse and go through and yeah, make sure you're still making the right decision. And you're going to have to facilitate on some level, yeah. But I do. There's like there's a there's a weird concern out there in the design community too. I've I've heard of people talk about it of like designers not being the skilled designers, but designers being more like these facilitators for everybody else's design. And this that whole idea, hmm. you know, like that whole entire idea of like. You know, we we can't. I mean, we, we can't go off and design something and then come back, right? Like yeah. We're tearing down that and we're putting everybody in our space all the time. And so you're like, I get it. Like you're gonna lose like your little your little cave to hide in sometimes and just work. <laughs> um. So I I don't know. Like I I can I kind of get that. Like you would you would start to feel like a facilitator of ideas rather than a designer. And I also get like you would tend to feel like you can't focus. You yeah. Know? Like it, it adds a level of slack to it, right? Like it adds a level of I'm distracted now because I have people collaborating when they can and mm-hmm. rather than collaborating with me in a focused time. That's true. And that's, so I, that's, a, yeah. that's a challenge to deal with, right? Because you, as a designer, you, you still need to, you need to get that data. And mm-hmm. it's great that you're getting it from more people. Um, but you need to like make a decision with all of it. That's yeah. like your final goal is to make a decision and give something to development that they can build, right? Yeah. Um, 
And if you're too distracted a lot, like really you have time to focus. Because sometimes you really need time to think about stuff and digest things and yeah. analyze things. And if things are coming at you a lot, like in little bits and pieces all the time, <laughs> it's 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 hard to stay focused on one track, right? It's totally. easy to be reactive, right? Like when you sit through a design critique, you you shouldn't react to the what's happening in the critique. You shouldn't. You should learn, listen, then you know go away and digest it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, when you become more collaborative, that that barrier starts to tear down of like, now I'm just going to react to this person and react to this person and react to this person and then placate to their idea and then, you know, oh, yeah, make them feel good about their idea and, oh, that's a dumb idea, but I can't say that to them. Like, eventually it starts to become more of that, right, and less of the design part of it. Oh, Totally. So that was something that came up was like kind of something that made people nervous was the more we collaborate like that on an actual file, yeah. the more I'm going to be distracted in my work and not have enough time to like sit down and really think about it and digest it. So to be clear, that was something they're experiencing or something that they were worried that might happen. That was more of a worry and more of a fear that that would, that that, that is lending itself to that. Interesting. Right? Okay. Not necessarily that it's happening, but that it's lending itself to that kind of atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, this goes back to we, we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about stakeholders and talked about, you know, who, what level of stakeholder you want to bring into certain parts of your designs, you know, design process and stuff. And I think, I think, I think you still, regardless of the collaboration tool, like it's still up to you to work the way you're going to work. And it's still up to you to, uh, to, to share what you need to share, right? If oh, everything's totally. being shared all the time, it might be a lot harder to do that. Mm-hmm. It might be a lot harder to create focus. And so I think I think you still have to have an avenue of creating focus. Sounds like Figma has collaboration tools that allow you to help that, that allow you to do that. So like, if it works, I mean, if it's working great, there's a good balance. But there's got to be there's got to be a balance between there and my yeah. Mind. And I think that that balance is potentially best set by the designer. Like I imagine mm-hmm. it could be really good. And this is kind of off topic here, but it could be really interesting um, to think about like you have like your phases of your design process, right? And you're in like this gather phase and you're gathering all this information. And maybe that's a great time to get all that collaborative information. And then you have your next phase where it's like you're going into like design and prototyping, right? And then you're going to take that information and parse it and turn it into something. Yeah. And I wonder if like as a designer, you communicate, okay, this is wonderful information. I'm going to go into this next phase. And I'm going to explore and I'm going to come back and give you some more, you know, some more designs that you can give me more feedback on. Yeah. It's more like as a designer, I need to communicate where I am. Um, and that might help with that potentially. But again, a little bit off topic here. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I don't think it's too off topic. I think, I think having boundaries of collaboration is definitely a healthy thing. Yeah. Because you don't want to go down. Like the last thing that anybody wants to do is be so collaborative that you're, that now it becomes everybody's designing everything exactly yeah like i think that's i don't think that's what anybody wants maybe some people would want that but (laughs) like democratically designed projects and products are not healthy they're just not they they take way too long to do and they're usually not like the right solution and then you come out with like the the homer simpson car right yeah exactly it's like well dave wanted fins on this thing you're like okay well sound cool put fins on it (laughs) yeah no i think i think I think it's we have to keep it 
like fundamentally as a, as a the world is changing our design world is changing right to be more collaborative that way yeah which i think is really good but the flip side of that is as long as it stays to a collaboration level <laughs> and everybody still understands that there are skilled people that do that you know like you you don't want to lend that like no developer on the planet wants one of us standing behind them telling them which way to move the pixels back and forth right oh totally and I feel like a, a very highly collaborative environment that can happen a lot. Like, yeah. you know, you, you can have a CEO standing behind you, like, or inside the application kind of telling you or hinting at or persuading you of how to design something. And that's, that's bad practice. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not inherently what their, their job is to do. And it's not that it's like stepping bounds or anything. It's more like, as a designer, you are focused on the user and finding the right solution for that user. And you want to take all of that information in and you want to make the right decision for mm -hmm. the user. And that's that's fundamentally your job, right? Yeah. Where other people, they're going to be like, well, technically we should do it this way because it's a lot easier to build it this way or something, which is that's a great thing to think about and to consider, but it might not be the best solution for the user. Yeah. So you want to you want to consider everything, and everyone has their roles and um, their motivations, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you, as a designer, your motivation is to make the right solution for the user and the right value for the company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so do that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, do we use Figma then? Should we use Figma then? I, I don't. What I mean, your, it's it's interesting. It, I think it's it's really. It really comes back to like there's going to be a lot of pain into like switching from one place to another. If if there's very if we if we look back into it and find out there's a lot less pain than there was before, we mm -hmm. maybe could consider it because of the collaboration benefits um, and like the the benefits of prototyping that are built in all into all of that versus having <laughs> these two different systems or these you know four different systems to do all this stuff. Um, I think it's definitely something we should explore. Um, and some really quick news that I just saw. Figma is going to have breaking plugins, news. Plugins. Breaking news. Yes, you heard it here, folks. First, <laughs> we didn't hear it from Grady Kelly. We heard it from here <laughs> because I totally got that link from Grady Kelly. Shout out to Big G, Grady. <laughs> uh, yeah. So August first, they're having a plugins special live stream. To oh wow! Special event. Plugins August for 1st. Figma. So. Special event. Can we wear like a can we wear like a suit and an ascot to this thing? I'm sure. Maybe it, maybe it a might not stop you. pocket square or something like that? Yeah, I mean it's a special event. Yeah. Shine we gotta go to our shoes shined yeah. to this thing. Yeah. Special engagement. Well that's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's that's another thing. You, yeah. you're telling me you really love your plugins. You don't want to get I rid of those. I do love my plugins. There might be plugins for maybe in Figma. a couple of years they'll have plugins just like Sketch for Figma. <laughs> yeah. very um, the one thing, so the one thing that I, I when I think about it from my perspective here uh, with the team and looking at how we interact as a design team with a development team, I worry about fatigue and I worry about adoption. Okay. Because last year, everybody last year everybody was trained. All the developers were using Envision, right, to for handoffs. We were using yeah. Envision for our prototypes, 
And then, you know, then it was like, man, this just sucks. I mean, there's got to be something better. There has to be. There has to be at least one product better than this flaming pile of turd. <laughs> so um, when we discovered Abstract that was better, because, you know, your Zeppelins, you have all those things that are like very – but we were looking for a collaborative tool that could have developer handoff, also have, you know, like Abstract sort of scratch the itch, right, mm-hmm. versus Figma at the time because the Figma design tool didn't seem like it would work for us. Yeah. So we switched over to Abstract, Sketch and Abstract. It's almost like a year later we'd we'd have to go back and tell all the developers, okay, guys, we're <laughs> you know we're doing this switch thing now. Again. And then it's like, oh great, they're switching this, and then we got to switch everything over, and then we got to like like that does seem like for our team, and for I think I think a lot of a lot of teams similar to us, multi you know like a lot of teams working on one project and things like that. Like that seems like a heavy lift, and depending on your, your uh, where you are in your lifetime of the company, yeah, it might not, it might not be a wise choice. It's possible, but but I don't know. I think it depends on like, I think it's definitely going to have a lot of. Um, we're going to have a lot of pain for the UX team switching over components, all yeah. that stuff. The developer thing, the handoff part of this, for them, it might just be just fine if we just had a figma link in our jira cards and it took them there and they could just inspect and see the css that might be the same thing well i mean it'd just be using a different tool right it'd just be like for them it's like hey we sent out an email send out a slack message and say hey we're using this tool now all your links can come in here Mm -hmm. we're gonna have to support abstract for another six months while those projects wrap up whatever because i don't think you're gonna convert all of your other projects into figma and all that stuff so it'd be like you kind of have to support two for a while and whether you can that's financially true. do that for a few months, that's one. That's a totally different discussion for another day. Um, but then there's going to be like you're going to hit these two tools, and then the worst thing really from a development standpoint is probably just going to be like them giving us shit all the time about, oh, you can't decide on a, on a product to use, <laughs> and then we'll be like, oh, well, neither can you, React, Ember, JS, people. <laughs> and then it's just a big war that just erupts. And then it's just, yeah, and then it's just and another it's battle, chaos. Like, yeah, <laughs> we don't want to start that. <laughs> I mean, really, from a developer standpoint, that's the worst thing they can do is just be like, hey, they're just using a different tool. Yeah. Idiot developers or idiot designers, yeah. <laughs> you know, changing their minds all the time, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, but we, we do it. Do we, how long should we stay on we a We like tool? shiny new things, too. Is it is it every five years we're allowed to change? Is that it? I don't know. As <laughs> long, I, I think as long as you're not changing willy-nilly. Like, yeah. Like, I think it's great that other teams are using it. And I think that's fine, but I mean, just because another team's using it, right? Let's let's not get a let's not get ahead of ourselves, right? Like, but it's so shiny, Patrick. The grass is greener, sure. Maybe it is, or maybe it's not as green. Yeah, I think I think if if we decided to change, we'd have to have a really good reason for it. And yeah. the developers, if we communicated that to them, like that reason, and it made sense to them, then it would be great. Like we're changing, and I think it made plenty of sense for going from envision to abstract. Mm-hmm. Because we we have these files here, um, we have great version control here. We have good collaborative tools inside of Abstract. So this is why we're switching. Yeah, uh, I never heard any complaints. I don't know about you, but I'm sure if no. like if we did switch to Figma, we should have a good, really good reason for it. Well, when we did, we went from like basically zero collaboration. Yeah, on Envision. <laughs> that nobody to like now we have we have we have a lot of collaborative stuff going on between PMs and developers and QA and. So there's a lot of good stuff happening with abstract, but then again, like maybe maybe Figma's the next level. Maybe it is. We don't know. Maybe there's another tier here that we haven't even tried yet. 
It sounds pretty sweet. I think if I think if you were starting a company and you were starting a design team, I think I think it would be a no brainer to start with Figma. Oh yeah. I would definitely want like to explore it that. up. I wouldn't even touch sketch and abstract at that point. I'd just be like, Figma <laughs> baby. But yeah, case closed. Case closed. I think it's overall it sounds like a great product. I think you should definitely explore it if you feel like you need the collaboration tools because it sounds like mm-hmm. it's working really well. Um, and if you need like prototype to be in one place, if you want that stuff to be together, you should explore it. You should check it out. Um, and if it's right for you, do it. Yeah. <laughs> just, it feels good. Do it. <laughs> tell them, tell them design much sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we get a discount, <laughs> I think, don't we? No, no. I don't know. No. Put in the, what do they do on the freaking other podcast? <laughs> yeah, put in the <laughs> promo code. Put in the promo code, design much 27 <laughs> And you'll get 50% off your next order of flowers for Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah. And you'll get the free teddy bear and the pajama gram. Um, hey, Andy, why, just real quick, we have, we have like five minutes left. Okay. Before they kick us out of this room. Why do designers, this is something I thought about over the weekend, why do designers take themselves so seriously? Why do they take themselves so seriously? Yeah. I think Why? I think it's because designers <laughs> just maybe are a little bit insecure. <gasps> you think it's because <laughs> you think it's because they're insecure? I think it's because they're insecure. Dude, because... you just accused our entire audience of being insecure. <laughs> did did you know you did that, Eddie? <laughs> yeah. Okay, when our when our podcast come, numbers drop after this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you think about it. Like, if, if you're in a company, and I think you've experienced this many times, when people are like, "What do you do here? What is what does a designer do?" Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and, I don't know. and you don't and you anybody. can't even tell anybody. What you don't do. tell anybody. <laughs> so then we have to like go. Yeah, we're we're this, and we're design thinkers, and we're. Yeah, but so that's the thing. Like, design thinking is just a made-up thing for for putting us on a pedestal, right? Yeah. Everybody thinks like nobody like it's not. <laughs> design thing is just it's just a it's just a it's a group of processes for design. That's all it is. Well, it's it's but it sounds hoity-toity. I think it sounds down like to like the most basic bare bones level. It's like just finding a better way to do something. Yeah, it's like something that humans have well, always doing done, it and doing it for other humans, right? Because yeah, that's why you design. Yeah, that's, that's why anybody something designs. we've always done. It's not something that we just started when when Apple started working on the iPhone. It's like yeah, it's like been it's not, part of human nature forever. It's not something. It's not something the guy, the the weird, the goofy consultant dude at that uh, agency just he just came up with it one day. He's like, Arr. it's like Scientology. It's like you just invented it. <laughs> What are you saying? What's the dude? What's that comedy everybody's always talking about? It totally. I've tried to put it out of my mind. That that freaking design agency that does all the stupid. They did the toothbrushes with the squeezy handles and and the, all that stuff. Everybody okay. talks about it. Okay. Any freaking any. Go to any product hive. Uh, go to any product hive. Sorry, product hive. Go to any product hive <laughs> event. Whoa. They're gonna bring up this freaking stupid company every time. It happens every time. It's that big design agency. It's the dude who coined the phrase "design thinking." Uh, okay. He's got the mustache. He's a goofball. He looks like a muppet. You know who I'm talking about? No. Okay, googling frantically, googling because I can't remember anything. Uh, design thinking. 
design agency. It's the one you learned about in college and all that crap. Ideo. <sighs> They're super popular. Ideo. Ideo. Okay. Ideo. Yeah. Yeah. I think. <sighs> Got that out of the way. I think design thinking is just thinking. <laughs> I think it's just thinking. Just thinking about it. Humans have been designing and design thinking. This is my air quotes. Yeah. Ever since they were conceived, they've been yep. inventing. They've been making things better. That's why we're not still hunting, hunting and gathering, because we've been design thinking. Forever. Yeah, because we've been design thinking. And when and like when you're a graphic designer, you have a practical <laughs> deliverable. At the at the end of the day, you're like, look, I made this freaking shit way better <laughs> than it was before. Look how pretty it is, yeah. right? Look how nice it is. Look how I used gestalt. Look how I used all this stuff, right? And then there's like then there's like us in this UX world of like everybody's so freaking insecure because no one knows what the hell they're doing. They're like, you can't you can't say it. So then it becomes like design thinking. It's like no, we're doing the exact same thing as they're doing. We have we have deliverables at the end that should reflect our design process. Mm-hmm. Like if in your portfolio, which I don't have one, but if you have, <laughs> so this is a little bit of a judgment. Is it Patrick Cox. Dot com. No, he's a shoe designer. Oh, he's a shoe designer. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, like your your end product should reflect good design practices, right? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't it not? I think it should. Shouldn't that speak for itself? I think it ought to. Like if somebody comes to your if somebody comes to your product, it's like the reason why Apple back in the early two thousands, late two late two thousands first decade. How do you say that? Up until up until Steve Jobs died, it's like. That's why Apple was like, ooh, they have great design. Because you freaking use their product and went, wow, they have great design. Mm-hmm. You didn't use their product and be like, man, they got some great design thinkers. <laughs> they must really have to know how to think in a design-esque way. Like, yeah. like, they didn't brag it up. They didn't do it. They just had really good fundamentally designed products. Right? That's now, right. now they've lost their way a little bit, but they're still, they're still pretty good products. <laughs> but like you had, you, had, you had MP3 players way before the iPod came out. Yeah. But the iPod came out because it was well. The iPod killed it because it was well designed. Yeah, but the MP3 player was still better than the CD player. It was designed. Yeah. Better. It was still like an innovation. Yeah, and you had a little roll. But but it was like nobody bought those until they came out with theirs. Yeah, that's true. And it was because of the ease of use. All that stuff was part of it. Ease of use. Uh, it felt good in my hand. It was the right size. Like everything from everything from the usability of it to the overall design of it was 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 done really well. Mm-hmm. So the deliverable itself just proved that, hey, if you can design, I could design a piece of garbage MP3 player and make it nice, and people are going to use the hell out of it, yeah. right? Do you need, like, what, how, like, Apple's not insecure about that. That's true. Apple doesn't put themselves on a pedestal. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> well, Apple design, maybe. I don't know about that either. No? <laughs> <laughs> well, Apple puts themselves on a pedestal because remember when they invented the watch? Do you remember that? Yes. Like a few years ago, they like invented this thing you put on your wrist called the watch mm-hmm. that told time. Yep. And did a bunch of other things too. That was that was crazy, huh? And then they made something that was even crazier. It was a gold watch. <laughs> it's a gold. <gasps> Do you remember? Yeah, they invented the gold watch, and then it was right after they invented the gold watch, they invented this thing called the pencil. Do you remember that? <laughs> That, Do you remember when they released the pencil? the pencil? And we're like, never heard of this before. 
Like, why didn't anybody come up with a way that I could hold a stick that would write things down? I've been waiting my whole life. Yeah. Up until this point, we'd been using keyboards and stuff. We didn't even know what we were doing. No, Apple does put themselves on the pedestal, right? Oh, they do. Yeah. But but why does everybody got to take it so seriously all the time? That was my question. I know people I are insecure. It. It's because they're insecure. <laughs> I don't know. But people get so cheesed off, dude. You you design. You just just enjoy your job, man. Just like, why do people got to take us? I I just I'm tired, Andy. I'm tired of going to another. I'm tired of watching or going to another, um, another meetup or another design video or another something where the designer has to justify their existence for the first half of the of the intro like the whole introduction is why they should be there uh-huh why i'm qualified to be speaking on this it's because you do freaking work if you're not doing freaking work then you shouldn't be speaking on it right mm-hmm. but just get we, we came here we, i came here to watch this thing just tell me about the thing i didn't come here to listen to you talk about where you found inspiration uh where you went to college what your first job was, how your first boss at your intern your internship was so hard on you but made you a better person. Like I don't need that crap. I need you to talk about Figma. That's what I need you to talk about right now. Um in in the defense of those people, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna defend them a little bit, okay? Because there are some people that do want to know that stuff. Because there are some people that say, hey, this is a really weird job. I don't know how you get into it. I'm curious to know how you became this person, how you became this person standing in front of me, teaching me how to do it. Yeah. So there's, there's definitely that aspect of it. Like the people who want to get into it or who are curious about how they came to be where they are. There's, there's that aspect of it Yeah. that I can understand. Which I think there's a time and place for that. Like, I think that's like, if you're, <laughs> if you're doing a presentation, you're doing a video on like, like how to get into design. Like that's that's great. That's definitely a great time. <laughs> that's like a good place that's to wonderful. start. If you have a video like what is UX design? Like that's a great place to start. <laughs> if you're having a if you're doing a if you're doing a, a thing on like say the core basics of user research, assume your audience knows about design in that point, right? Okay. And you have forty five minutes to tell me about the basics of user research. That's fair. Okay. Not forty minutes to tell me <laughs> your journey your epic journey in the design world. It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like everybody has to have their little like Lord of the Rings journey moment and everything that they do. Right. Which is part of the reason why, Andy, this is part of the reason why we, we tried to refrain from doing that stuff on this podcast. Cause there's other podcasts. That's literally all that they do. Yeah. They bring a designer in and they're like, start from scratch. Where were you born? Mm -hmm. And then they're like Mississippi. And you're like, Oh, what did, what thing did you learn in Mississippi about? about being a designer today it's like no i don't care but i'm not listening to that podcast to learn about figma though yeah maybe you're listening to that podcast to learn about how to become a designer yeah (laughs) i don't know it's bothering me over the weekend I, i think it's a good idea just in general to check yourself and try to see if you're taking yourself too seriously are you are you taking yourself too seriously oh definitely Cause I'm a designer and I'm insecure because I feel like this job that I have is something that nobody understands. And some, one day the CEO is going to come to me and be like, why do I pay you? <laughs> and then the whole, the whole UX bubble is just going to burst and then we're not going to have yeah. anything. 
But if there's there's obviously something in there, right? We know this. We know what Nobody we do. Nobody else does, though. We know what we do. So we feel like we have okay, to... Okay, boil down what we do into one sentence, because you can do you can totally do it without a mysterious <laughs> buzzword or anything like that. What we do in one sentence. Yeah. Okay, I'm on the spot here. I know. <laughs> this is great. Do we, we need some music. I can't, I can't yeah, do a whistle. Don't do that. Um, what we do in one sentence. Yeah. Designers uncover problems and offer solutions. Well, yeah, you could even boil it down. Use your minimalist design skills and boil it down to we solve problems for users. Okay. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what we do? Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. I think so. But when your dad says, what do you do for a living? What do you tell him? (laughs) Uh, I I just tell him I I do web page design. (laughs) I just tell them I do software design. Yeah. No, like I, I tell I, I relate it. I relate it specifically for him. I've related it to architecture in a building. Mm-hmm. I've done is, that too. Is, is I'm essentially like an architect for software. So for the apps you use, you know, I bring up the apps you use. Like for that, we try to go through and solve all the problems that you have in there so you can get your, you can do your thing faster and, yeah. and more effectively. And he's like, oh, done. Yeah, you know, so he's solid. like, oh, so you're a software architect, and you're like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, you're like, don't worry about the names, but just, <laughs> but just that's what we do, right? The flow of things, yeah. we solve the flow of things, right? Yeah. And there's lots of there's there's visual design, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on top of that, right? There's to tons that goes on top of it. There's so much that goes into into this job, but yeah, I think I think that's a great way to sum it up. We solve problems for users, right? Yeah, that's it. Does that have to be so freaking like? Does it have to be such a mysterious thing to make ourselves feel better about our salaries? Like we're just like, <laughs> we're like, no, it's it's this weird thing from the galaxy far, far away that came down and it went into Jared Spool's brain and then he regurgitated to the rest of us and only the mysterious people that know this secret handshake know what it is. Like it's not that. It's freaking. We just solve problems for people. Yeah. And we use tools to do that. We use freaking Figma or Sketch to illustrate our point. And to test people and like, it's super practical, right? Uh huh. Like that's not hard. It's not hard, but we get paid pretty well. So <laughs> yeah, I, that's the there's the insecurity again. <laughs> and why can't we joke around about the stupid shit that happens in the design community? <laughs> like people spending twenty five minutes talking about themselves at the beginning of a like a user testing or whatever uh, conference talk. Like I get it, I get it. Like you're great. Yeah. You you mysteriously figured out what the hell design thinking means. You cracked the code. You used the. <laughs> you joined the Illuminati and you did whatever to figure it out. <laughs> That's awesome. But can you just tell me about why Figma's better? Can you just say that like a couple sentences? <laughs> I'm looking right now at the definition of design thinking. <laughs> You didn't just Google it? Oh. No, when I was looking, we were looking for the company that, um, that yeah, coined this. But like, this is going to be great. Okay, is... everybody, everybody pay attention. Andy's got the secret to what is design thinking. Andy, please tell us. Well, Patrick, design thinking refers to the cognitive, strategic, and practical processes by which design <laughs> concepts are developed by designers and or design teams. It's so stupid. Does that make sense to you? No. 
What is design thinking? It's buzzword plus buzzword plus buzzword. So um, if I try to if I try to like um, break this down, I'm, this is my interpretation. Yeah. Design thinking is a process that designers use. That's what it says. <laughs> yeah. But but no, you have to put the mysterious sheen on it with all the different words. Like a lot of the strategy and words the, here. yeah. <laughs> And then what you have to do, the cool part is, then we have to do is you go out, you go on your talk. So Andy, you should do a design thinking talk now. Uh-huh. We should get you, we should get you at front, or uh, we should get you at at, uh, at the IAGA, or we should get you at uh, Circles Conference or something. And you walk up there, and your your whole entire title is, let's let's design design thinking, because <laughs> wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> and then you get up and read that. Well, first of all, after the 20 minutes of introducing who you are and why you're empowered to be there on the stage. Let's do 35. 35 minutes. Then um, then you read that in your last five minutes, and then you go, man, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> and then you act like you're kind of in mental anguish at some point because there's just so much material there. Yeah. And you've wasted 35 minutes introducing yourself that you'll then need to do some kind of workshop on the side <laughs> to then explain it. But don't worry, at the beginning of the workshop, since there's going to be some new people, I'll take 35 more minutes to explain. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll write your book on that. Yeah. And then I'll go on tour. It'll be called Unpacking Design Thinking with Andy Page. And then you'll go on tour. And then no, you, you just have to buy the book to really find out the secret. Yeah. I could create a whole conference around unpacking design thinking. Yeah. Just a yearly conference. This could be like a religion. Yeah, it could get really. What big. if what if every other what if every other profession was as smart as designers, and they could do that, <laughs> and then like my favorite's always like if we use design thinking for government policy, we would solve all the world's problems. I'm uh-huh. Like, just, just shut up, <laughs> please walk away from me right now. Because if every other industry did that, define it the exact same way, right? Then you could have then you could, we could have thinking for all kinds of things. <laughs> we could have uh, <laughs> we could have lots of thinking going on. Like <laughs> you could have <laughs> you could have like jewelry thinking. So jewel jewel jeweler thinking. Yeah, it's the cognitive behavioral impact of the process of the metals being forged by the jeweler. It's the process of the jeweler, but it's the thinking about the metals of being forged by the jeweler. It's not even the actual process; it's just the thinking of it. Just the thinking. I think yeah. this would work really well with politics, just wonderfully, <laughs> yeah. because they don't have to do anything; they can just think about all the things. They just think about it. Political thinking. <laughs> yeah, political thinking. Anyway, Andy, when uh, when societies uh, take themselves too seriously, or when a group of individuals take themselves too seriously, bad things happen. And I just don't want bad things to happen to our design community. That's all I'm saying. That's very thoughtful. That's all I'm saying, Andy. That's great. Uh, that was more than five minutes. I figured it would be. Yeah. We're at the 43 mark. Uh, real quick, before I wrap it up, this is our pod. Like, every podcast has to have, like, a... An end call to action, right? I think so. What we like to call a CTA. Let me pull up my my spreadsheet, my thing here. Uh, topics. Oh, I posted stuff on LinkedIn. And I got a bunch of new topics for the topic machine generator. For real? Yeah, got tons. So I got to put those. I got to feed those into the new the topic machine generator. 
I cleaned it over the weekend. I dried it off, put rice in there. I put in a, I put the whole machine in a giant bag of rice. You didn't put rice <laughs> in the machine. No, That's I good. put I put it I put the machine in the rice bag, like a giant one, and then I put it all in there and it okay. sucked all the moisture out of it. So now it works great. That is wonderful. It smells like rice, but it works great. Yeah. Um, so hit us up at t- t- topics at designmunch.org or on the social media platforms with hashtag designmunchtopics. Uh, we got some great ones. Hopefully, we'll be talking about them soon. Um, and then you can buy a t-shirt at designmunch.threadless.com. I, I saw somebody wearing one the other day. You did? Yeah. You were there. Yeah, I did see someone. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I just, at first, I was like, you did? And then, oh, yeah, I realized who yeah. that was. We saw the old uh, Jason Metzger wearing his the other That's day. That's right. That was great. That was wonderful. Thing. Flaunting it all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we do have workshops coming up where we don't talk about ourselves for the first 35 minutes. We just... We just jump right in. First thing in the morning, come out 9, 9 a.m. at, at, at Canopy. Um, we're going to talk about this Friday, right? It's this Friday, Andy? This Friday. This Friday, we're going to talk about, um, what are we talking about this Friday? Te- user testing plans. Yeah. Um, we're just going to jump in and do it. None of this, we're not going to do design thinking. We're not going to think about design at all during this entire workshop. It's just all going to be about user testing plans. Uh, for more of those coming up, we're going to announce a bunch more this fall. So more of those coming up, meetup.com slash designmuchworkshops. There's another one coming up about running a design critique. Yeah. Um, we've had some success with some different things on running design critique, so we want to share those with everybody else too. And they are helpful, I would say. Yeah. Um, we're in a team, and here it can be. <laughs> we're in a team. <laughs> we're in a team. <laughs> And when we do our critiques, they they we come out with with new information with great feedback. And so, I if you're not doing them or if they're not healthy in your organization, I would recommend coming and seeing how it's done. Yeah, and see if there's anything, any little uh, as we say, bite size. Yes. Any little bite size nuggets you can take back to your team. That's what we want to offer to you. That's going to be next month, August, mm-hmm. end of August, and then there's more. Uh, and then go rate us up on iTunes. That's what you're supposed to say at the end of every podcast. That's what they tell us, yeah. Yep. That's what the podcast god says. Yeah. The gods of the podcast. Especially Apple. They tell us to go mm-hmm. and say that. That was be like, hey, go read us on iTunes. Yeah. Okay, Andy. We'll refill that topic generator for next week. I'm excited. And hopefully we get some good Let's ones. Get some fresh stuff in there. That's great. Okay, bye, Andy. See you. <laughs>